everyone? This is the Heart Guy Media Podcast. I am your host, Jesse HS, and today we have uh, three guests, all part of the same uh, podcast called Ready to Retro. We have Max, Chelsea, and Chris, and uh, welcome to the show, guys. This is thank you. This has been uh, in the making for a few months, and uh, you guys were. Uh, gracious enough to invite me on and allowed me to pick three ninjas to review on uh the ready to retro podcast and max you appeared on our lost boys uh legacy week and now we finally have all three members of the ready to retro conglomerate yes yeah thanks thank you and yeah Yeah. and uh we've stayed in touch like uh just you know with ridiculous uh commentaries between uh things i'm doing things you guys are doing and uh when you uh popped the uh the information that you guys were doing a uh vampire month for october and max pitched me a couple of the movies you're doing i immediately said i gotta do fright night too so i'll be doing that with you guys and that episode will be coming out this friday they just covered the first fright night film and uh you guys also did spooky september so there's a uh, uh that was a uh, an awesome month and you guys just did day of the dead. I just covered Dawn of the dead. We're I'm big Romero fans over here. Everybody that's been on this podcast literally worships the ground that smoky lipped man walked on. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, if any of you guys, uh, had a chance to meet George Romero. I, I saw him in person one time, uh, at a convention, probably a good 13 or 12 years ago. And uh, at the time, I I knew who he was, but I didn't understand, like, the significance, really, of him. I wasn't super invested in, like, horror movies completely yet. And so I remember seeing him, the big old glasses, but I didn't, I just didn't get the full, like, understanding, like, this is, like, a horror god, basically. The the zombie godfather, basically. So I I didn't understand that. But now I just, like, hit myself for not, like, going and, like, taking a picture or getting an autograph or anything. So, man... I, I, I think. Go ahead, Max. Uh, I was gonna say I, I think uh, for those who are not familiar with our podcast, like I would say Chelsea's an expert. I'm probably like above average or intermediate, <laughs> and then Chris is like a complete noob. I think if oh, Chris shit. were to see, I love that. <laughs> I Romero on this street, he probably wouldn't even know who he was. I love know? that like uh, dynamic between you guys because it was so Chris. It was interesting to hear you not really have like uh much of a vested interest in some of these movies like say killer clowns or day of the dead and then just hear someone fresh to it that didn't grow up with it or didn't find it later on and you're just discovering some of this stuff now so it's cool to get your perspective on stuff now yeah it's cool uh i'm I'm glad i can learn all these new uh what do you call them b what is it max i always forget 80s b movie occult trash or something it changes horror everything. trash horror it trash each it's, time yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's fun to watch these are it's fun it's b-movies it's horror it's trash now it's good trash it. we it's like the trash, trash. Yeah. yeah tra trash is <laughs> trash. trash is very good and yeah but the but the, that's what's uh funny and and it's been a running dialogue for the last few weeks i've, I've been getting heated over some of the things that uh aren't given credit when i think they should get credit so, because I to say something like George on the topic of George Romero, obviously this is this fresh. I just covered Dawn of the Dead. You guys just covered Day of the Dead. 
two landmark zombie films. Now, obviously, some aspects of them might not hold up, be it some of the uh, social talkings, the the dialogue, things like that, or even like the the makeup effects. We talked about how they're they're vastly different now, and they've come a long way. Granted, I think Day of the Dead set a tone for zombie films and special effects makeup uh, from that point forward. But uh, we've talked about how like George Romero starts, uh, you know, a gets a movie together in 1968 with social and racial undertones that weren't even intended that just happened. That's still relevant today. And that was an independent film that he got the ball rolling on. And a lot of people credit him to helping out independent filmmaking, period. And that's why Max and I had talked about, you know, when when I said on recent episodes that we've had, where, you know, where's George Romero's Lifetime Achievement Award for someone that cast a, a black man in a lead role, not because he, the color of his skin, but because he was the best choice. And that movie, you know, laid groundwork for independent cinema. Where's someone like that's independent, you know, cinema award or Lifetime Achievement Award? Oh, yeah, definitely. There, there's a lot of, I mean, including him, there's a lot of people that I don't think get things like that, get the, the attention or the, that's horror, horror in general. I think uh, you, you, you just did an episode about how, like, you know, I don't know, horror isn't, like, respected still. I mean, it's still, I mean, I feel like there is movies nowadays that get kind of some attention, like, in horror, but it's, like, horror in general just really, like, yeah. It's it's struggled to get like respected even 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 till now. I think right now I think Jordan Peele is the one who's kind of changing the narrative. He's leading it. He is definitely and, leading the way. I think. And I don't even think he's trying. He's just making good stuff, and people mm-hmm. are just recognizing it. And I was talking to I was texting Jesse, and I was like, yeah, even the horror movies that have been nominated in the past, like Silence of the Lamb, it's not considered horror or dark. It's just considered a you know, psychological thriller or something like, I'm like, what is that? You know, like what category is that? It's just horror. Right. A freaking horror movie is a horror movie. The dude is eating people and he's, you know, killing people. It's a horror movie. Yeah. So is us and get out considered horror or is it so a psychological that's, thriller? That that's the whole thing. Like to me, like I've had debates with a, a friend of mine who's a big fan of Jordan Peele's, and and I do like Jordan Peele's work. I actually think Us is a vastly better film than Get Out, but that's the whole thing. Is if there's a horror undertones at all, like if they're like, oh no, it's a psychological thriller. They someone on Facebook. I don't have Facebook. A buddy of mine told me this. Someone was arguing the point that The Exorcist was a family drama. It wasn't a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> what the I, listen i've got some family drama but that shit never got that crazy <laughs> yeah well no i mean there's always like undertones right i mean even francis ford coppola is like oh no this is not a violent mafia movie this is a family drama yeah. do you think that like they do that like like you're saying like uh you could look at us and get out as psychological horror or say that exorcism is a family drama are people saying that because horror, horror is a dirty is a, word is a bad word it's a dirty to word use? it's a dirty know. word you know i think within hollywood it's a starting place right yeah you, you nailed it when you said that max it, it, it's a starting place so it's like getting your feet wet so if you stay in horror because for the most part i mean horror conventions you go it's the people who are there are normally there 
because you've seen them on like Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, like Dream Warriors, right? I feel like the Dream Warriors are at every horror convention, but that's really all they're known for. So like you can kind of get stuck in that. And you like I loved your your uh, episode, Jesse. Just the the one the bastardization of horror, but I, I think it's like a, it's a beginning place. And if you just stick there, or even if you uh, give homage to it, or you know, it, it it just puts you like, oh well, they're not like a, a legit actor, or they're not, you know, yeah, absolutely, for the Oscar. So, but uh. So today, this is going to be actually interesting. Like I said, I, w- I just wanted to talk, get a little horror talk out of the way because you guys have done, or will have done, once October ends, two straight months of nothing but horror films. Yeah, dude. So uh, your guys' format is is vast. It is, you know, I've covered, I'm literally talking, I, I if you told me that I would align myself with some internet slash Instagram slash Skype friend podcast and they would have me on to do Three Ninjas and Fright Night 2, I'd be like, where did I find these lovely people? Um, but with that said, we are doing top five films of any genre. I could have I pigeon, pigeonholed you guys and said, no, five horror films. But me, myself, I'm not just a horror fan. Mind you, I, I mean, that's my preferred, that's my quesarito which is no longer served on the talk about menu either talk about Damn it. i told i told max someone i want answers there's some really Something's there's some heinous shit listen well they got enough shit going on this year you're fucking taking potatoes off the menu and you're not even replacing them like i'm a vegetarian you just fucking cut you just sliced my life that is taco bell in half and you haven't even replaced it put fucking some impossible meat on there something give me something it's not like potatoes are expensive either. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like the Mexican cheapest food. thing on their fucking menu. They're like, nope, <laughs> fucking gone. Mexican pizza, that's <laughs> fucking gone too. Burrito, my favorite thing like five years ago, I almost died. <laughs> and also, I've now had... Get rid a, of the Mexican pizza. Oh, I've had a gripe about the last probably seven or eight years. They used to make the cheesy uh, bean and rice burritos really good. Now, it's a glorified fucking bean burrito. The goddamn thing is the saddest excuse... For a fucking dairy counterpart to counterpart to a goddamn cheesy bean and rice burrito I've ever seen in my life. No nacho fucking cheese. Also, how are you not putting sour cream in that? I want a couple notes in my palate. Like you are, it's anyway. We we can't not gonna get too deep into the Taco Bell thing. I'll leave that for. It's really irritating. Anyway, we're just gonna get real angry. Yeah, I was. I mean, we'll just start a Taco Bell rant podcast crossover. <laughs> There's, unfortunately, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so we're doing top five favorite films, any genre. Now, you guys putting these lists together, did you find this difficult or did you find this relatively easy? I think my first two, maybe three were easy and then the other ones are like, I don't know. I, I'm still sitting here switching them back and forth. It It was difficult because I keep wanting to like add yeah. more it's only five yeah. so it's re- very limiting yeah but I, I that's your i mean your top five that's like your main ones yeah and i kind of yeah i was kind of like matt uh with chris maybe like like switching ones out like no do i like this one better do i like that one less i don't know but i think i think i've got it down. i think so yeah 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 my first like three are locked they've always kind of just been yeah and then sure like, yeah uh four and five i feel like are 
interchangeable. And then my honorable mentions, I kept on adding, so I might have a big honorable mention. That's list. completely fine. I got I got at least five honorable mentions, possibly seven. <laughs> um, now, how'd you guys want to do this? Do you guys want to do this uh, round robin? Do you want to do each individual person first? Go down five to, through one. No, let's do like let's do everyone's five, everyone's four. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm with let's it. Let's do that. I'm yeah. with it. But are these in? Are these, yeah, these like in an order? order? Gotta have an order. No. Okay. Now you can you can make you can make uh, stipulations where you say, okay, this order could change tomorrow. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. This is how I'm feeling today. I got mine set. All right. All right. All right. Should I just go? We go ready? ahead, Max. All right. So number five. It's one of Chelsea's favorite movies. I introduced this to her like two years ago, but uh, my number five movie is Billy Madison. I knew it. Wow. So, okay. Billy Madison, man. Like especially junior high. Like Adam Sandler was like a a hero in in certain aspects. Like I don't <laughs> think I'd model myself after Adam Sandler, but the humor and um, just the I don't know, just yeah. It, it's fantastic. So Billy Madison to this day just cracks me up. Uh, it is to me, I think one of the most quotable movies ever. You know, stop looking at me, Swan. Or Doyle rules. Blue Duck. You know, um, do you have any more gum? More gum? <laughs> like it just. I could go on and on. Freaking love. Billy Madison uh, Here's came a, out 1995, and it's fantastic. Here, Does anybody else have any Adam Sadler movies on there? No. No, there's no way. Only I would. <laughs> I will say this. I like some Adams. Go ahead. I, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. My personal favorite, and I don't think any Adam Sandler movie is even close to this, is Wedding Singer. Which no, that's legit. Because that's not an Adam Sandler movie, which I, I can understand why. It's It's... Honestly, it's probably the best movie. It's just not my favorite. I but I'm like an '80s whore. Like you can give me anything '80s, and I'll just—it's yeah. Quesarito, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's probably one of his best. But we're talking about favorite. Like these aren't my like top five best movies I've seen. Like it's my favorite. These are your like, personal favorites, yeah. Like, yeah, Veronica Vaughn. You know, Chris Farley as a bus driver. Like this. <laughs> This movie just has, when I think about it, I just smile, I laugh, I think about how simple life can be, and if a guy who's like 25 goes back to school, like, there's hope for humanity. That's why I like this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Max it. Max always talks about this movie, he loves it. <laughs> I, I love the revolting blob, the principal. Yes. He was supposed to pitch my leg if he was running short of air. <laughs> and his name happens to be Max. Yeah. So. Chris, uh, how about you? What's your number five? Little Monsters. Yes! Is that in your list? Dude, no, it's not, but I just bought the Vestron Blu-ray. So I, had, I. I had the DVD. I fucking love that movie so much. Did you watch the DVD yet? The, uh, the special the, features? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, did you notice they changed one, one line in that movie? No, did they? I knew, I knew the word. I, mean, I was talking to Max about this. I don't know why they changed this line because everything else, like the cussing and everything, was left in there. So there's a scene where Marie springs um, Brian down, and there's a guy with long feet, and he's introducing him to the feet. Yeah, yeah. And the guy usually says trick or treats on my feet, but they changed it to um, 
anyone who's a friend of Maurice is a friend of mine. And I'm like, why the, hell, why the fuck do they change that line? I don't understand it. Well, they, so the trick-or-treat trick smell stuff. my feet line isn't in there right now? No, it's not. Wow, I'm glad I kept the blue, the DVD, too. Yeah, so they changed it. But uh, I love this movie because it was, like, my favorite movie as a kid. Uh, I'd have my, I don't know why we never bought it, but we'd rent it all the time from Warehouse, and then when Warehouse became Blockbuster, we'd rent it all the time. I just think it's a fun 80s kids. I consider this my scary movie because it had scary monsters in it. Oh, it's, but, it's, a, it's a great film. One, you have amazing... Uh, Rick DeCockimune, who is uh, also in The Burbs, if anybody's yeah. a fan of The Burbs. Oh, yeah, I love, I love him. He was he also the limo him. driver in Blank Check. Blank Check, yep. And then we got Howie Mandel and my favorite Fred Savage, because I'm a huge Wonder Years fan. So Yo, The Wizard. Yo, The story. Wizard. The Wizard. The Wiz I just recently saw that. Oh, so great. Good. But yeah, I love this movie. It's like one of my favorite that, movies. That, so. I, I honestly, I did not think someone would come out with the little monster. So I am, <laughs> right right I now, I'm like very this. pleased right now. Also, yeah. best ending scene ever with Talking Heads Road to Nowhere. Amazing. Absolutely. So good. We're on our way to nowhere. <laughs> so yeah, love that movie. Awesome. I don't want to walk to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Chelsea? Number five. Uh, my number five is uh, Labyrinth with David Bowie. Oh, nice. Bowie. Yeah. Um, I grew up being very obsessed with that movie and uh, just obsessed with David Bowie in general. Uh, as a seven-year-old, really enjoying David Bowie. <laughs> um, it really shaped me to be a person I am today. on <laughs> shape. <laughs> Wait, here's here's a real question. If that the TV version of that film, did they crop him from the waist up? Because I don't think so. Because that boy bulge, that boy bulging in in Labyrinth. I've never seen his bulging. Oh, yeah, he's oh, bulging. Yeah, yeah, yeah like he's three socks bulging. He's bulging like you know how. Uh, Packing heat. You know how Finkel when he's Einhorn and they spin him around like that bulging. <laughs> but actually i you know the tv version the i didn't have the dvd or videotape of it for years i recorded it off the disney channel and had like a like a recording of it on a that vhs on and they used to play early early i mean gosh this was like 97 96 they would play um the dark crystal they would play labyrinth on the disney channel um and but yeah, that just I just loved it. I loved I liked Jim Henson stuff. I liked the Dark Crystal growing up too. I liked this better because it had like same. people in it and stuff. The music is good, um, and uh, yeah, I've just that was <laughs> the bulge is there. As an adult, <laughs> you kind of enjoy that more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is distracting, um, but yeah, no, the the puppets are awesome, and I love yeah, I love that movie. That's awesome. So. My number five is a 1989 cinematic masterpiece. I think it shaped who I am as a person. It was probably, if not the first, probably one of the first films I ever owned by myself, like personally owned and like kept it in my room. It was my VHS, uh, my favorite action star of all time, Jean-Claude Van Damme, the movie Kickboxer. I've That's never so seen it. obscure. I've never wow. seen it. I I've never seen that one. A lot a lot of people will will 
favor Bloodsport, which came out the right. year prior. And Bloodsport, again, you know, the Kumite, come on, is <laughs> it's it's one of the greatest. Well, Jean-Claude Van Damme's the real deal, mind you. He's an actual sure. martial artist. He was not an actor. He got into acting. And, and fun fact, I don't know if you guys will ever cover Predator, but he was the original Predator in the suit. And then he had a whole bunch of drama going on with Arnold and the rest of the set choreographers and stuntmen and was removed from the film. Um, but neither here nor there. Kickboxer. Uh, it's a great tale. It gets a lot of it gets a lot of shit because it's kind of like it's like a B movie action, like martial arts movie. But the villain is amazing. His name's Tong Po. Uh, I implore all of you to watch this for many reasons. Also, there's an amazing 80s dance sequence in like a, a half aquatic bar. And he's half drunk. He's dancing. There's a lot of splits in this movie. Um, there's like, it's a revenge plot. It's, the movie's great. I would love to hear, I would love... To force you guys to watch this, just so I could hear what your opinions are on it, because so, so next time it. you have us back on the podcast, just make us watch that movie. Yeah, yeah just yeah. have us do that. Perfect. <laughs> so yes, 1989's Kickboxer with Jean Claude Van Damme. Well, without Jean Claude Van Damme, we wouldn't have Rob Van Damme either. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. RVD baby. Uh, all right, so it's my turn. I, I do have to say for the listeners, uh, right now. Currently, the Las Vegas, which is weird to say, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Buffalo Bills are playing. And right now, you're both wearing Je- hats. Jesse has a Bills hat, so yeah. I, I hop on the Skype call. Right, this guy has his Bills hat on. I go, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I had to put my Raider hat on because this guy's from, you know, Bills Mafia. It's all about the Raider Nation. So there might be some trash talking in between this. Uh, well, they're already driving. It's already they're already on the, the Raiders twenty six. The, like. the Raiders are like that misplaced child that keeps going from foster home to foster home. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, we're in L A. No, we're in Oakland. No, now we're in L- Las Vegas. <laughs> and, and they wear hand me downs the whole time. Yeah, one hundred percent. But I just had to say that because um, just giving you context of what's behind the. Computer. Yes. Yes. This All is right. football Sunday. Yeah. So no, number four for me. And uh, I know uh, Jesse loves this movie, but it's, it's lost boys. Nice. So, Hell yes. What? I mean, I didn't know that was in your top five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's my favorite horror movie. So that's I'm like, true. man, that's, and and I and I didn't want I could have just filled this up with like five comedies and I was like no I, I gotta have a little bit of diversity because I do watch a lot of different types of movies, but um, it is my favorite horror movie, probably my favorite movie in the eighties. Yeah, it's the only eighties in my list, but it's fantastic. Um, I mean, Jesse did an entire legacy week on it, and uh, the soundtrack, the vibe, the vampires—they're sexy. And I just want to be all about David's crew. You know, that's that's what I want to live. When I grow up, I want to be a vampire from Santa Carla. And of the uh, of the, <laughs> of the uh, of the seventeen people who give a shit about this podcast, I implore you all to go to Ready to Retro's 
uh, podcast wherever they stream, which is everywhere, just about. And uh, tune into their Vampire Month, where they will be concluding Vampire the a very 80s Vampire October. Yes. Wow. And that is uh, that's more of a mouthful <laughs> than the Bowie Bulge in Labyrinth, but. Uh, <laughs> It's terrible. It's so bad. I love it, though. But you guys will be concluding with no none other than uh, Mr. Adam Boone from um, uh, Below the Boardwalk doing Lost yeah. Boys to conclude your yeah. very 80s Vampire October. Yes. Yeah. And and just stay tuned because we're about in about a week, we're going to drop a, uh, a special episode regarding Lost Boys. So that's all I'm going to say. But there is a connection there with uh, the production team and a guest, and it's going to be fantastic. So stay tuned on Halloween. We're going to have a special Last Boys uh, episode. So just stay tuned. Very, stay very tuned. sick. That See, now for the people that do actually give a shit about this rambling sad excuse, <laughs> sad excuse for a podcast, now they're getting inside scoops they wouldn't get elsewhere. <laughs> right? So if you're, if you're the tried and the true... And you give a shit about us talking about bulges and Taco Bell. <laughs> you're getting, you're getting, you're getting your fourth meal. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Oh, damn. <laughs> live moss, guys. Just live moss. Live moss. All right. Yo, Quirio, Max, what do you got for number, or Chris, what do you got for number four, rather? The Dark Knight. Nice. Nice. I'm a, nice. I'm a yes. huge Christopher Nolan fan. Same. Love Same. his movies. Guilty. And... I'm a huge Batman fan, and I was before this movie was ever thought of. So when they said they were going to have Christopher Nolan directing a, a Batman series, I was like, yes, please. Uh, I just think uh, this is the best superhero movie of all time. Way better than Endgame. Endgame is, uh, like I said, it's overrated. <laughs> and I, I don't know, I just think it's a perfect movie. It uh, it has action. It just makes me feel so many emotions in one movie. and it, And it's a superhero movie. You know, it's kind of like the horror genre. People don't really take superhero movies very seriously. So, uh, and uh, also um, Heath Ledger won an Academy Award for his performance. Uh, rest in peace. So, yeah, I just I just love this movie. I know. Uh, and I, always, I watch it a few times a year. I know a lot of people try to say, I, I feel like there's a, there's a small portion of people that try to downplay how great this movie is. And I'll say it by this. I'm, I have no true life outside of sports movies and music that's literally all that consumes me um and the dark knight i went and saw five dark knight i saw five times in theaters and i was someone that like i was just like why would i go see it again in theaters i can buy it in three months four months when it's yeah. out on dvd or blu-ray so the dark knight was one that i literally had to i went and saw by myself then i had to go with this friend then i had to go with this group of friends then i had to show yeah. this kid it it was that like captivating of a film. It's great. And uh, Nolan's films in, in general, I have to go see multiple times. Uh, I'm just that big of a fan, so I completely agree. And behind that choice, Chris. <laughs> Max went rogue. Oh, there he is. Yeah, a little bit. The headphones die. <laughs> you alright? Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I had to grab something. But yeah. Raiders are losing, by the way. 7-0 already. you damn right. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to see how many times the Bills can score on the Raiders 
by the time it gets to me. (laughs) Chelsea, what do you got for number four? Number four is uh, 1985's Back to the Future. Boom. Uh, Nice. Yeah, it's in the top five. Uh, (laughs) It's just always been one of my favorite movies. I've always loved that one. Um, I don't know. It's cool because, like, I live you know, not far from a lot of filming locations. So like, that's always been fun about it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I've just, always, the acting is great. Christopher Lloyd, Michael J. Fox. It's a classic. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's just, I think out of my list here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I've got five, right. So out of my list, this is probably the most like popular one. All the other ones are kind of like cult Chelsea films movies. or smaller, smaller. Yes. Chelsea movies, I guess you could say. <laughs> this is, you know, it'd be like, well, you know, you do a top five and you get one of them Star Wars, and but you've everything else you've picked is like Rocky Horror Picture Show or something. So, um, but yeah, so this is the the uh, the blockbuster pick, I guess you could say, for my list. And uh, yeah, Back to the Future is uh, in the top five for me for sure. I, what can you say about Back to the Future? Come on, everybody loves that. I mean, that movie sucks. I. I <laughs> Unfortunately, I I use Robert Zemeckis as a catalytic pick uh, for you know directors that are recognized, and then against my George Romero who isn't recognized, and that was no yeah. slight against Zemeckis directly. It was just using him as an example. I love Back to the Future the entire series. I like two more than the original. I know that Same, me too, me too. It's the eighty. Yeah. It's the eighties thing, like going into the future yeah, in the eighties, yeah. like. I'm a sick fuck. I don't know. If, if I had to pick I'd out of the three to watch, like if I had to pick out of the three, like which one I want to watch the most too. Two. I say Back God. to the Future. When I say Back to the Future, I kind of just, to me, it's like all of them sort yeah, of yeah, together. Yeah. Like when you say Star, like for me, when I say Star Wars, it's all of them, you know? So, um, but yeah, two, that's the one I want to watch most of the time. For sure. Uh, you know, I love that one. I, I have on. a fun little uh, Back to the Future story. So I recently went uh, out of town this past um couple weeks and i actually went to this little train station history place in northern california where they actually filmed uh back to the future three on so there's this like platform and it's like uh, a historical landmark i think it's i don't know i don't think it's a national park it's like a state park but it's uh where in back to the future three where the train um is stopped and they're like loading on on the platform I, I was right there, and I saw the train from uh, Back to the Future Three. So that's pretty awesome. cool. Oh, wow, yeah. that's awesome. <clears throat> the souped up one at the in, in the no, last not souped up one. <laughs> Just uh, your your regular Back to the Future. Oh. They have one. Of, they got they have one of the Back to the Future trains on display at uh, Universal Studios in Florida, like in some random area. They have more room there. It was like near where the ride used to be, but um, I don't know which version or. Like what? Which one that was from? But yeah, it's just kind of you can go take your picture with it and stuff. So, dude, I miss that ride so much. It was a lot of fun. Me too. I loved that ride. It was fun. Made me sick, but I liked it. <laughs> so, Max, the uh, the number three on your top five films list. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we skipping you? Wait. Oh yeah. Did we skip me? Yeah. Sorry. I'm so invested in what your guys' picks are. Like I'm like. I want to know what yours is. Yeah. What's what's your number? Yeah. So this one was initially going to be number three, but it's bounced around. At first, I was just like, is that really in my top five? And I was just like, yeah, it is. I'm a fucking idiot. Definitely 100% is. I have like 
so much memorabilia from this film. I probably, the only film, I, there's only one film, which is my number one film, that I have more memorabilia of than this film. This film I love. It's my favorite Stephen King book. It is my favorite Stephen King adaptation to a film. I think it still holds up. I will fist fight someone who says it is not that great of a film or has something to say about it or says that the remake's better. Um, it is 1989's Pet Cemetery. Oh, that's interesting. I, I've always loved this. And the book, I mean, I mean, take it for what it's worth. I mean, I'm a f- fucking nobody with a stupid podcast that people think is ran by, like, a, you know, a religious fanatic. But... <laughs> Uh, take it for what it's worth, you know, I love Stephen King, I love horror films, this is in my top five favorite films all time, it, I love this movie so much, it, the book is even better, as much as I'm blow, as much as I'm blowing the film right now, the fucking book is even better, it's even creepier, I still, I'm a 32 year old man, I'll read that book, and I'll get chills up my back, cause I'm that big of a pussy reading that book, it's so great, it is so, Stephen King, tapped into fears that were beyond i mean he was so it was one of the only books he stopped writing and put away for a while because he was having to face the morality uh you know the mortal coil of losing his of his kid dying possibly because he did have a small little run-in where like his kid almost got hit by a semi it wasn't as dramatic as that the film is just creepy. It's perfect. I've met I've met a few of the stars. I've met Dale Midkiff, Miko Hughes, um, uh, Brad Greenquist, who played Victor Pascal. This film is so still like visceral because you want to talk about psychological thrillers, psychological horrors, family dramas. This has all that in it, but under the guise of when you bury something beyond the pet cemetery, it comes back and it'll fucking kill you. So. Yeah. I mean, especially, like, ha- imagine having your, your toddler son come back to life and, and try to murder you because you buried his dead corpse with his head stitched together from the semi that hit. Like, it's just, it's on another level of everything. And it has my favorite band of all time in the end credits doing the, the title track. I mean, it's how I found the Ramones. It's how I, like, found Stephen King and understood who Stephen King was. Fucking film's great. The goddamn book is great. I love this film. I love this film. Did you yeah. like the, the new one? You know what? For what it was, I was did. There's a lot. Lithgow let me down. I thought he could have done a lot better, but I think he was just like two in his own head, or someone was just like some 23 year old fucking intern was giving him notes or something. I don't even know. But <laughs> for what it was, it was pretty good. Jason Clark, amazing. I thought he was great. That Rachel Simez. I think that's her name, uh, was great. Uh, I like the little twist. For what it is, it's good. I- I'm fine with those stories being retold time and time again because they're that... King is that good. There will never be another amazing, perfect storyteller like Stephen King in our generation. Who is it? Who's writing books right now that has as prolific as Stephen King right now? No one. Yeah. Who's writing books? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. Jesse, like, um, last spring, summer... I was listening to the audiobook um, narrated by Michael C. C. Hall. Yeah, yeah. And he knocks it out of the park. It's so good. I have and, not listened uh, to that yet, but I want to so bad because I love Dexter too. Dude, he does Me it too. so well. So, um, no, the book is so much better. Um, it's 
I have the Pet Cemetery movie in 1989. It's been a while since I've watched it. Um, to be honest, I was let down by the remake. I just felt like it was a cash grab. Yeah, of course, of course. Especially after, after the trailer. And I know, like, a lot of, like, 80s movies right now and, like, you know, they're trying to just make out a quick movie before they lose the rights because of that 35 years after rule. Yeah. So I felt like this was, was that. But um, what the movies can't really communicate is the relationship between um, Judd and um, – shoot, I'm forgetting the main character's name right now. Lewis. Uh, Lewis, yeah. So um, there's, like, this, like, weird dis- – not dysfunctional, but there's, like, this fatherly – connection there like yes. lewis looks at judd as a father he's trying to be a good father but he knows his limitations he knows he's not a great husband he doesn't meet up like the whole uh his wife's like uh father his whole relationship with like his father-in-law that's not in the movies really so there's a lot of just like things that make these characters more relatable and um yeah the, if you're going to choose a medium use the like read the book, but the 1989 one, I, I think it was better than this remake. So, oh yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. A, it's a fantastic story. Absolutely. So uh, yes, uh, Max, your uh, your number. Yeah. Th- we're breaking into the top three now. Now we're getting into the filthy Ooh, wow. nitty gritty. All right, and speaking of three, it's seven three right now. So holy uh, shit, you kicked uh, a field goal! Yeah. Congratulations! Wait, wow, <laughs> we're, we're good at that. We're good at driving and taking you know ten. 10 uh, minutes off the play clock and then uh, kicking a field goal. It's what we do, baby. All right, so uh, a few minutes ago, it was kind of awkward silence because I got up because I was like, oh, here's my number. Yeah, because I had to grab a prop that the listeners can't see, but we can see. So this is my my number three favorite movie of all time. I'm holding up a vinyl. Yes. So, Wayne's World, baby. Wayne's World! Wayne's World! Party time! Excellent! Man. Okay, Just so I saw this movie... So good. Way earlier than I should have. I probably saw this movie when I was like four or five, right? Like, it was just like, hey, um, here's a VHS copy laying around. So, I feel like this movie grew up with me because the older I got... The more the jokes I understood. Yeah. Right? So, like, one of the ones that I didn't get um, towards maybe I was, like, junior high, high school. And I think it was probably, like, the last joke that I was like, oh, okay, now I understand all the jokes. Is when they're ordering uh, Chinese food and Wayne goes, yeah, I'll have the cream of the young guy. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Totally, like, goes – and I just remember as a kid, like, oh, I don't get it. Like, you're laughing. Like, is that a joke I don't understand? So – Wayne's World, to me, if you want to take, like, scripted comedy, um, not a whole lot of, you know, improv or anything. It's just, like, what makes it great is it's scripted. Uh, I mean, the Bohemian Rhapsody scene alone is, like, iconic, not just for comedies, but I think just... You you listen to that song on the radio, you know, when it comes on every hour on any kind of classic rock station, you think of Wayne and... 100%. 100%. You know? And it's crazy because uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, um, when when this movie came out in like '92, that that song came back into circulation and it was hitting the charts again. So uh, I I think this this movie is just awesome. The soundtrack is amazing. That's why I have the vinyl. 
Um, Tina Carey is just amazing, and her voice, that's actually her singing when she's singing. It is? Yeah. Yeah. Bullroom Blitz, she knocks it out of the park with that raspy kind of scream. Um, it's kind of like this, like, uh, grunge kind of metal, like, early it's 90s that It's metal. that post-80s, early 90s, like, slaughter, warrant, like, it's still trying yeah. to keep the sleaziness of, like, 80s hair metal, but, like, it's a little, like, toned down. I don't know. It's it's great, yeah, though. It's a little polished. Yeah. So, I, I love this movie. Um, anytime it's on, I'll watch it. It makes I me I'll watch it. so much joy. Yeah. So the, in eighth grade, I was uh, Wayne for Halloween. <laughs> <I just> like, <laughs> and, like, no one knew who I was, right? Like, I just showed up and, like. And I was like, I have the cap that says Wayne's Rule. And I like, I, I remember I took like a white um, pencil, like a colored pencil, and I just drew like Wayne's Wayne World. on it. Yeah, I mean, this is before Amazon and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you creative back in the day. And I got some like ugly, like witch's black wig, and I was Wayne Campbell. But um, That's so great. I love that. I will forever love that movie. Now, that film has a special place in my heart, too, because my best friend and I constantly quote lines from that that aren't like the go-to lines you would think like whenever we go somewhere and we're like oh this play like if we're going to like like if we're going to like a, a show and like we're going in there and like he's going to get a drink and he's just like this place is pretty cool and i go yeah and they got a pool table too <laughs> <laughs> or like we're talking about like oh that band was pretty good He's, and I'd be like, I wonder how the next band is. Oh, I heard they can well. Like, just the, yeah. the like, little lines in that movie, like, are still, like, fucking gold. Fucking gold. So is that, it's not just a clever name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jolly Green Giants, Shitty Beatles. Shitty Beatles, are they any good? Shitty Beatles, are they any good? <laughs> they suck. They suck. <laughs> the, the one I always go is, like, um... I'll just randomly say it sometimes to my wife, and my wife is like, what is wrong with you? Like, if gun, gun rack, or I don't even know what gun rack would come into a conversation, but I'm like, a gun rack. I don't even own a, a gun. gun. Let alone <laughs> Many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. <laughs> what am I going to do with a gun rack? Oh, you know, so good. If you're not careful, you're going to lose me. <laughs> I lost you six months ago. Get the net. Exactly. What are you mental? <laughs> All right, we should just do uh, a reenactment, Jesse. Just <laughs> maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe we'll do that as like a like a like a live stream pay like a paywall thing where we yeah. dress up. Every all of us dress up as members of the uh, of Wayne's World, and we'll each get like three or four roles. Like Max, you'll do Wayne and like Rob Lowe. I'll, All right, I'm down. I'll do fucking Noah from Noah's Arcade. Uh, That's hilarious. But yeah. So, so, so what you're saying is I'll be Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin. Ice cream flavor. <laughs> Preludes and, and dick. dick. <laughs> I love that line. I love it. <laughs> so great. Chris, yeah. number three. Let's break into it. Uh, my number three is The Matrix. Ooh, nice. And That's number three? Oh, I thought that was your first No, no. My number one is actually a way newer film. Okay. Um, no spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, no, I know, I know. Uh, well, yeah, mine's uh, The Matrix. Um, we did a podcast, what, a couple months ago about The Matrix, I think? Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, I, I don't know, this movie, it's just amazing. Like, it, it changed uh, visual effects. Um, I've never had a movie, what I love about it most is I've never had a movie that made me research so much about what the meaning of this movie is, what the meaning of life is. And, you know, the concept that we have our mind and that's all we know that is real. Everything else could be, you know, a facade or whatnot. So... Uh, this movie's amazing. Keanu Reeves does an amazing job, and uh, I really enjoyed the other two movies too. But this is this is one of my favorite movies, The Matrix. So I remember how huge I I just remember like I can't remember if I was in like sixth or seventh grade when this came out, and remembering how huge this movie really was. Like it, it was it was yeah it was it was big. And I just remember, I have, like, vivid memories of, like, watching the Foo Fighters learn to fly on VH1 before going to school. And, like, seeing the, like, trailers for, like, The Matrix. And I was like, oh, shit, this is fucking wild. Like, and, um, and finally seeing it, it was, it, it, it really is. It's, it, I feel like it's a film that's still, a, a, it was ahead of its time. And yeah. it still is ahead of its time. Like, it's still, yeah. time hasn't caught up with how great that film is. And I uh, never actually saw the first one in theater I saw it on DVD, and then recently they did whatever anniversary it was, the 20-year the anniversary, and they put it on IMAX in theater, so I actually got to see it in theater. Wow. And it was amazing. That's so awesome. So it blew my mind seeing it in theater the first time. And I think Max saw it in IMAX, too. Yeah, it was awesome. It was fantastic. Keanu. That, the man. Well, this was supposed to be the year of Keanu, right? But 2020, or was it next year? No, it was supposed to be this year. It's supposed to be this year? Yeah. Were all of them going to come out? This 2020 year, like just fucked everything and... up. They were going to have The Matrix and John Wick 4 come out on the same day. And he was on SpongeBob. And he yeah, did he the, Bill and Ted, the Bill yeah, and Ted face of music, too. Yeah, Bill and Ted. That was the only one that came out. Yeah. And yeah. only because it went straight to streaming. It was supposed to go to theaters before, right? And they just decided to go to streaming? Or was it always supposed to be streaming? Well, like, right now, there's some theaters open, and they're showing it yeah. right now. Like, I, I actually want... was watching... TV last night, and they're advertising uh, uh, a movie that was coming to theaters October 9th, and it got me excited. But California sucks because everything's closed still. So yeah, there's n there's still nothing. Op no theaters open. I mean, they'll let 600 people in a Weg in a Wegmans, which is a grocery store up here. They'll let 600 people in a Wegmans on a Sunday that are rubbing elbows onto each other. But you can't sit. Se they can't separate three chairs in a movie theater. God forbid, because they're just looking down at the. Never mind. They're looking down at the arts like <laughs> that. I'm not even gonna get into it. I'm, well, it. Chelsea lives in Orange County, and they can, they have the theaters open, but LA yeah. County we can't. Yeah. Wow. We got theaters. Yeah. So, but we won't get into that. No. But yeah, the Matrix, amazing movie. Definitely, 100. percent Chelsea, number three. Number three. Okay. Well, if you do listen to the Ready to Retro podcast, <laughs> uh, this will sound very familiar, um, but. You all know now that I'm a huge fan of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Are you? So uh, that is going to be my number three. Um, I did kind of, <laughs> like you were saying uh, earlier, I went off this list like, what a, what do I have a lot of, like, collectibles and, like, stuff from? And then that's how I made this list was like, okay, I've got books and action figures. Things. I've got a bunch of Elvira stuff. So I was, And I love Elvira. I was like, that's going on a list, of course. Um but yeah, Elvira is just one of my favorite like movies of all time. She's like one of my favorite people. I love Cassandra Peterson. I like every I love everything she does. You could slap her face on anything, I'd probably buy it. <laughs> um 
I wish she'd made more movies and stuff too. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, it's, it's no news for, I think any of you guys, but, and if you want to listen to the episode, I forget we have an, yeah, we have an episode on it with Tess and you can listen to that and you can understand why this is uh, number three on the list. So yeah, that was a, that Did was you- a great episode and it was cool to hear more people fan out about Elvira because I'm a huge fan. Like my friend, Brian, who is always on this podcast is a huge Elvira fan as well. Um, at one convention we went to in Cincinnati, Ohio, it was a horror hound weekend. We went there and we had, we watched mistress of the dark and, uh, you know how it has the wrap as the main menu screen. Yeah. Our TV was so loud and it was just playing like on a loop because it was done. (laughs) And like, we all fell asleep to that playing like super loud and we got someone called our room. It was just like, Hey, can you stop playing music? Uh, like because it was so loud and we're just like what does someone think when they hear that fucking elvira rap about 75 times at 3 a.m all right so it's amazing um it's episode 16 of anybody cares yeah but uh so i do like our social media content on instagram and stuff so chelsea's like hey uh send this send this video and it's elvira doing her uh titty spins yeah Good way it's of putting yeah. yeah. it. Yeah. It, it had over 2,000 likes and like 10,000 views. It just like blew up. It, like, was, it was footage that I had got from uh, when she was at Not Scary Farm, uh, at Not Scary Farm. Um, and at the very end of every show, she would that do. Not Scary Farm? Not, yeah, not, she With did that at Not Scary Farm. Oh, yeah. yeah and uh, yeah, every, at the end of every uh, show, she did that. So I recorded it, and I I got to like the front row. That's like front yeah, row close. seats when I that footage, and I remember I was like I gotta like the whole like uh, twirl routine. I gotta re- I gotta record this whole thing. So yeah, then I sent it to Max, and then it like blew up like on our Instagram. Yeah, and like, the only reason we why got like hundred followers from that alone, and <laughs> hundred people. Loved they just it. thought there was gonna be the titty yeah. tassel spins every exactly. week. They would titty have a new fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so the only reason why I bring that up is because I had no idea the kind of influence and the it's like a it is a deep love that people have for all yeah, for sure and i like knew of her you know i've i i did i at the time didn't see the movie i saw I pictures actually, of her i had no idea what her name I was i knew who she was you yeah. know and, and like on the surface level but like posting things about her and stuff it got like really deep and i was like oh she has a huge oh like, yeah loyal fan base it's yeah. like boiled to the core well she's like 69 years old so like think of how much time she's accrued i mean she's gotten people that are just liking her maybe in the last couple of years too so she's had all this time to sure. garner all these fans and everything so yeah. if i had never met chelsea i'd have no idea who this elvira th- girl is like yeah. i remember when we first met she talked about it i was like i have no idea what she's talking about see it was like, El- like oh yeah yeah elvira's was like the forbidden fruit like when I was growing up, like, I would, my parents were like, oh, you want to watch fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre when they're, like, just bludgeoning teenage girls? Or, like, you want to watch, like, just the most ridiculous shit? But if there was boobs on screen, cover your eyes! Like, I just saw, I just saw a guy cut a girl up, like, like, and her boobs were out. But, like, if there was, like, gratuitous nudity, but Elvira was never nude. That's the whole thing. Her cleavage was just yeah. always out. Uh, yeah. But when we met her, it was hilarious because you see a lot, like, listen... I'm a guy, like, if I meet someone at a convention, I'm, like, in and out. I'm, like, hey, like, love your work or, like, hey, like, 
Oh, uh, like like with Romero. Like I'm not there to punish. I was not there to punish Romero. I met met Romero twice. Yeah, you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it yeah. for them. You know, it's right? Like, say what you need to say. You get out. They know. You know. Oh yeah. I'm just like, hey, big fan. Uh, thanks so much for doing the con, George. Something like that. I've seen some motherfucking creatures <laughs> roll up. Like there was like guys that are just like fucking foaming at the mouth. Like they were gonna catch a case. Uh, like oh, I, and yeah, like, I, so I, she she had this Joan Jet looking like handler that like just look. She looked like she's gonna kick shit out of me. I was just fucking there. Oh, I've I, seen her. Oh yeah. yeah, she was like. I bet Elvira has some creepers. And like guys are just like foaming at the mouth. They got like a binder of fucking titty tassel pictures. They're like, yeah, we're <laughs> signing every one of them, girl. Like, and I'm just oh, like, there, I had some guys behind me in line once, and it was an older guy, and he was just like giddy with excitement and i was like he doesn't have the same excitement that i have yeah so he's got that basement boner that's been stewing since like 87 so (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) hashtag basement boner uh so my number three is uh I just we just covered this on the Hard Guy Media podcast last weekend in August to commemorate the 29th year of its uh, birthing since it exited the birthing canal of James Cameron's uh, cinematic uh, uterus, and it is the greatest sequel of all time. It is better than the original Terminator 2: Judgment Day, yes. 1991. Yes. Dude, I thought you were going aliens. No, I do. I mean, for years like, I was. I was like, oh, 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 oh yeah. Terminator Two. Yeah. Okay, you know. Uh, Terminator Two. It's the greatest ever. Uh, it's the greatest action movie ever made. Arnold's the fucking man. Uh, I wish he was born in America because he should be running for fucking president right now, and I would vote for him seven times over. I love him so much. Eddie Furlong's the fucking man. He was also in the Pet Cemetery Two. Uh, movie. I love Pet Cemetery too. That one's another one. It's starting to come around. People shit talk that for years. Eddie Furlong, amazing. He's young. I don't know if anybody's a Salute Your Shorts fan from the Nickelodeon years, oh, but yeah. fucking Bobby Buttnick's in it. Uh, Danny yeah. Kook, Danny Kooksky. You got used to teach him at her school. He went to my mom's school. So oh, that's cool. awesome. And yeah, it's got Guns and Ro- it's got a Guns and Roses tie-in with You Could Be Mine. They did a fucking video where Arnold was in the music video, hunting Guns and Roses down. It hits all the beats for me. It's 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 just so great. I had so many toys of it growing up. This was like the mech. It still is. It's the mecha fucking movie. Like I said, it and spoiler alert: Brad Fidel did the fucking uh, composed it, composed the Terminator theme song. The come on, that shit. I told. I said this on that podcast. When they lower my fat ass into the fucking ground, and I want that playing. I want that can plane. They, can they like position your thumb? Oh, like, I, I 100% down? want the thumb going yeah, down. Sure. I just I need to orchestrate the the like melted metal me going into that. So it's like a live cremation. Uh and that'd be great. Uh Brad Fidel also did guess what? Fright Night and Fright Night 2. We're going to be talking about that. Uh everything. Everything about it. Linda Hamilton, her sister, her twin sister who was actually in uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day had just recently passed the week we did it. She passed that week that we did it. Uh, very uh, unfortunate, but 
Uh, the movie is just... It's fucking... I mean, it's still relevant. We're still talking about AI. We're still talking about fucking shit taking... Like, artificial intelligence taking over. Like, we're still talking about it. You want to know why? Because it's fucking happening right now. Fucking Skynet is self-aware. There's... I forgot which stadium... Like, a football stadium just had uh, AI robots clean the stadium. I don't I trust like, it. I don't trust that shit. Now? Yeah, well, I got a Roomba, so I mean, crazy. <laughs> uh, Jesse, I have two questions for you. Hit me. What? And and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, oh, uh, okay. So I'm sure you know about this, but um, you've heard of the band uh, Austrian Death Machine, right? Yeah, it's Tim Lambesis's band. Yeah. Yeah, 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 dude. Like, all the Terminator songs are just so epic on there. Oh yeah. Like, this is so good. Who, like it's a quote if if uh you guys are uh unfamiliar i'm not sure what your uh level of arnold fandom is but you're all californian so you should, it, it should he was the governor he was the oh, fucking yeah. governor um yep. but yes ev- lines from every arnold movie is like uh is it individual song a metalcore song so like even kindergarten cop like who is your daddy and what does he do that's a song is your daddy and what does he do uh the soundboards oh oh yeah i definitely use the soundboards in the mid 2000s 100 percent. awesome call my aunt like 3 30 in the morning who was your daddy yeah put that cookie down that's not a tumor i i could have saw austin death machine but like i had a previous engagement i couldn't get out of it and i was so pissed because it's like I wanted to be at an Austin Death Machine a concert. They have an Arnold guy up there with a mask on. He just dances the whole time. That's so I like, great. I, I missed it. I, th- those are one of those times where it's like, I missed out in my life. I missed out on an Austin Death Machine concert. I forgot what my other question was, but yeah, that's more about <laughs> Two well, questions. Actually, one. I don't know. <laughs> we'll circle back. Uh, number two. All right. Let's go, Raider um, boy. Yeah, for anyone who cares, it's 14-3 now. It's <laughs> the freaking first half. Good Lord. All right, well, <laughs> it, it's seriously like every time it comes to me, something happens. All right, so number two. So uh, let's just recap on my list so far. So number five, I have uh, – what do I have? I blink places. Oh, yeah, Billy Madison. Number four, Lost Boys. Number three, Wayne's World. So you kind of see a vibe. So – it's going to surprise you, but number two, and I might get crap for it, is actually La La Land. I've never Whoa. seen it. <laughs> I did yeah. not see that coming at all. Coming in with a right hook Whoa. fucking in the 12th round to knock us out with La La Land. <laughs> so to be, to be honest. Are you I Gosling mean, freak? I don't know, man. It's, it's You just me, You it's just more- reacted like he broke your heart. But you no, still have fear. You're like, it's not even that. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it literally has nothing to do with Emma Stone. It has nothing to do with Ryan Gosling. I just love this film. It. So let me explain. So my first experience watching it um, in LA, we have you know those, especially when it's like an art film. First of all, this is an art film, and it blew up to what it was, right? And it got like nominated and all this stuff, but. I saw it at um, this little arc light, like in Hollywood, and it was like I think a month before it came out, you know, streamlined nationwide. And it was I had I didn't see the trailer, I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was like a period piece, 
and I saw it, and I was just like, wow, this is an amazing, like, I didn't even know it was a musical, so the movie starts, and I'm like, oh, we're in a musical? This is crazy. <laughs> so, but what, what I love about it is, I think, and this is my opinion, I think that if you were to look into cinema history in the next 50, 60 years, I think if you were to pinpoint, hey, what is a millennial movie? I think this encapsulates the, the millennials. So it's talking about like a dream. And the whole thing is about, do I pursue uh, my passion and love for another person or my passion and love for, you know, what I'm supposed to be, right? So I love that. People hated the ending where, um, you know, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, Sebastian and Mia, they don't get together. I actually love that because it's real life. They're like, Mia had to come to a decision and say, no, actually, my passion to be an actress actually trumps what Sebastian's doing. So Damien Chazelle, I think, is a fantastic um, director. Uh, the shots in it, I've done like, I mean, and, and I'm from L.A., so already I'm going to have this special place for it. Um, they filmed it in, you know, Pasadena Bridge is right there. Uh, the, the score is phenomenal. My wife and I went to the Hollywood Bowl to see the composer do it with the L.A. Um, Philharmonic, I think. And we watched the movie with a live band. It's just, it's so L.A. I think it's so, such a millennial values and movies. Not for all, all right, but just, I think, in general. So, yeah. Well, I'm intrigued now to check this out because if it's landing number two on someone's list, I... You guys get it? No, no. You I mean, not that, not that, like, I'm, like, a, I have an aversion to, like, non-horror movies. I'm not, like, I only want zombies and werewolves <laughs> yeah. and vampires and, no, uh, I definitely want to see it. I'm a big fan of both of them. I think they have great chemistry. I love, I loved, uh, Stupid Crazy Love. Yeah. That's uh, pretty good, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they were both nominated. Yeah. And, and Emma Stone won. And Damien Chazelle, he's this... I think he's he's a great director, and he's going to make some fantastic... Um, like, it's him and Ryan Coogler are my two, like... Does Gosling sing in this? Yeah. But yeah, like Gosling that. is actually in this band called Dead Man's Bones. Dead Man's Bones. My body's a zombie for you. I had that yeah, fucking song on my Halloween song. playlist for years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that made sense. I was like, because I thought at first, oh, that's weird, he's singing. But he's in that band with that other guy. Yeah, that's right. Was, I forgot like, all about little, that. Like, kind of... Halloweeny dark kind of song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but anyway, like not only does he sing, but he plays the piano. So they had someone that was going to come in and you know for the close-ups, but the director's like, nah, like Ryan Gosling's got it. He did it. He didn't know how to play piano, but he dedicated himself really? to learn how to play the song. I don't know, man. If you haven't seen it, see it. I'm definitely going to check it out now. I'm intrigued. I like, I like the movie. Yeah, I'm a fan. I, I'm also a big Emma Stone fan, big. so. It got too big, and I think that's once it started getting nominated, and then it started to be like, oh, is this like a movie for the generation? And then it got like too hyped. I'm like, no, it's just appreciate it for what it's worth. But yeah, I think just because of the age and stage of the people are in, the age and stage in which I saw it, and that it was in, um, you know, I live in LA. It won six Oscars for a reason. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Is, uh, Emma Stone kind of... I don't know what happened to her. What happened to her? She looked like she, she was tied off. up in a Burmese refugee camp for like three years. <laughs> she looked like she was going to die. She was so anemic the last time I saw her. I was like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah. 
Eat something. Can we get her a quesarito? Quick. <laughs> she was uh, training for her uh, double tap, I guess. I don't know. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Chris, you're, uh, you're number two. Number two. Okay, so originally it was Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. But then I changed it to A New Hope. Only because A New Hope is what started the meaning of what that movie is. It started like my love for Star Wars. I'm obsessed with Star Wars. I have so much memorabilia. I have so many uh, Baby Yoda shirts, hats. It's my dog. Uh, but A New Hope just blew my mind because it's really like the first movie I ever really religiously watched as a kid because my parents had the VHS and it was like one of the only VHSs I had that wasn't like a Disney movie. So to me, it was more like, Oh, it's like my, my adult, I can't say like that adult film. It was my grown up film to watch with my parents. So I watched a new hope over and over and over. Yeah. I can't call it an adult film. Cause that's a, different yeah, movie. Adult film that I <laughs> that, as a kid. Yeah. Now but, uh, new hopes, know, the was... fourth new hopes, episode four, first film released 1977, yes. right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. I don't see. I'm. I'm a sicko. Like I know years of film. Like I have no knowledge of Star Wars. I just. I have no life. Oh, you so don't I'm like. No, I've have never seen. seen I, I've seen like the New Hope when I was a kid because that was yeah. like the first Star Wars movie or whatever. Um. But other than that, I've never seen any uh, like a minute of another Star Wars film. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Uh, and nothing. Not that I'm like against it, but it's no, almost. It's almost like, like I haven't watched it. I just don't have interest in it. But if someone yeah. if someone sat me down and was just like we're gonna watch them, but I have no one in my life that would do like I have friends like all my the other three uh, dorks that are on this podcast all the time they're my three best friends, they're all Star Wars fans, but like I'm just I I don't know I just never it was one of those things that just bypassed you bypassed sure. me, uh, <clears throat> but yeah that's uh obviously it's a lit like that first film started it all like that. Yeah changed i mean talk about changing cinema i mean that changes everything i mean it look at how huge star wars is as big now as it's ever been yep and to think that when they did that release that first film in 1977 in 2020 Where star wars is still as crazy mm -hmm. and it is merchandised and is still a, a a money maker like it is it's crazy to think about yeah, but I mean, like, I've met, it's, it is more common than you'd think that people haven't seen Star Wars. I've met a lot of people who have not seen a single Star yeah. Wars movie. Really? And I, and I respect that. It's like, I don't. you know, don't, don't just watch <laughs> it just so you can say you watch it. If you really don't want to see it, don't see it. So I remember the Ewoks. I, I remember them. the Ewoks when I was a kid. I remember like either having like little action figures and, and seeing it. And for a while, like, you know, you're young, you're an idiot. Like I was like, I thought Ewoks was like a fucking show. I'm like, oh, it's a fucking Ewok show. Uh, They're cute. They are cute. I'll give, I'll give you that. But yeah. New Hope. I, New Hope. It just started my my love and craze for Star anything Star Wars. Some movies are eh, but for the most part, the Star Wars franchise is amazing. So that's my number two. Right on. Chelsea, nice. number two. All right. I didn't what? want to put... Um, two by the same director so i picked my favorite of this director um and when it's but it is my it is like one of my favorite movies but i picked beetlejuice uh, i knew that one was oh, coming wow. after the beetlejuice <laughs> episode be you guys there. Did. like it is definitely one of my favorites um but yeah there was another i'll we'll i'll mention it later for like maybe honorable mention but um i was like out of the two 
of my favorite uh, Tim Burton movies. I went with Beetlejuice, of course, had to. And uh, yeah, like, if you want to know more about how much I love Beetlejuice, just listen to Ready Retro's episode on Beetlejuice, Absolutely. where I just vomit my love for this movie. <laughs> um, I don't, I, yeah, I just grew up with it. I watched it really young. And that, like, I think that just sort of, like, set the tone for stuff that I was going to like. I wanted kind of macabre, creepy stuff, but I also wanted the humor involved. And, like, that is such a good, it's like chocolate and peanut butter for me. You put it together, it's so good. So um, Beetlejuice is, like, a beautiful combination of those both things I like. And, uh, yeah, I just, one of my favorite movies of all time. Like I said, if you want to know more about how much I love it, listen to our episode about it, and I go in depth about how much I like it. But that's uh, that was that's one of what, those no, number two. That was one of those like uh, movies that was just like I watched so much from the first time I remember like watching movies in full and being obsessed with stuff and having all the toys like. Yeah, and, I, I warped like a tape. Like I would just watch oh, it yeah. over and over again. And it's yeah. just one of those films, like you said. Like it, it has it's scary, but it's also lighthearted and comedic. Yeah, and a little dirty. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, a little sure. dirtiness to it. Sure. Uh yeah. but yeah, that was a movie that was just like a, a staple in my childhood, and it, I've watched it so many times. Like that's a movie. Like I. I haven't seen, I haven't watched Beetlejuice in probably six years. I could still recite the entire thing. Oh, me, yeah, I can. Yeah, I totally. can't remember the last time I saw it, but it's a great movie. Oh yeah, <clears throat> classic. So my number two. My phone died last night, so I actually. So you wrote it. <laughs> I was so I was sitting. My charger was here in my domicile, and I was out in the living room, and I had just like finished watching Fright Night two again. Like I, I could have. I could recite the entire goddamn movie. I didn't need to watch it again, but I just wanted to watch it just in case there was anything I wanted to bring up with you guys. So I'm sitting out there. My phone dies. So I was like, motherfucker, I don't want to walk in there. I was like, oh, pen. Ooh, uh, my community bank, like, little offer thing. I'll write my... Uh, so my number two is a, a landmark film. Uh, we talked about it already on this episode. Uh, it launched... Uh, the career of George Romero. It's 1968's Night of the Living Dead. It, yes. It's just yeah. one of those movies that's just... Uh, it's so ingrained in me. And what it what it did for his career. What it did for others' careers. Because people will say like... Oh, well, zombie movies existed before George Romero. They did. But the American modernized yeah. zombie... The motherfuckers that rise from the grave, they eat flesh and or brains, they attack you, they bite you, you turn, you turn into a zombie. That whole mythos, before then it was all like voodoo mysticism with like white zombie mm -hmm. and Bela Lugosi and stuff like that. This like gave definition and laid guidelines and how do you kill him? You shoot him in the head, you know, it laid guidelines for how and what zombies became that we still adhere to till this day. And it launched careers like George Romero because that film was successful. He went on to do yeah. other movies and then eventually got to Day of the Dead where Greg Nicotero got his start and got his feet wet. Greg Nicotero yeah. goes on to be an award, you know, an award-winning and a revered director producer on The Walking Dead. So the lineage and the 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 seeds that that movie have sown to create so many different opportunities for other people and for the zombie you know, subgenre to still be alive in 2020, probably more so than it's ever been. 
Uh, not to mention that the movie was funded and shot locally, and George Romero put two middle fingers up to L.A. and said, I don't need to be in L.A. to make this film. I can make it with my friends and people that want to back me in Pittsburgh. And he brought jobs for years and years to come to Pittsburgh, which was a steel mill town, and brought so much money and created a communal thing and tom savini wanted to do it but was couldn't do the effects wanted to get break his feet into the industry in 1968 with george romero's night of the living dead couldn't because he was going to vietnam to risk his life being uh, a photographer to take pictures of dead people which then in turn molded his entire idea of how to do special effects because he was yeah. seeing dead bodies so he knew that right. when someone died their jaw slacked that all, and then George he comes back. George Romero says, "Well, perfect. I want to put you in Martin. I want you to do the effects for me on Dawn of the Dead. I want you to do the effects on Creep Show. I want you to do the effects in Day of the Dead. I want." And then from there, it just and then when they remade Night of the Living Dead in 1990, which I think is the greatest horror remake period slash best remake period. It's it's a landmark oh. film. It's it's as in, it's as important. To, as the original in different aspects for different reasons it's as important to the horror genre as the original night of the living dead is for different reasons do i think it's better than 1968's night of the living dead no big but it wasn't trying to be but tom savini directed that because tom savini said listen you wanted to work on the original night of the living dead i want you to direct this because i'm writing the screenplay for it we are doing this because i mean to to give you guys like you know just the the stupidness that i need to spew out because i need to just keep repeating this so maybe some like you know ritzy asshole that gives awards is just like you know finds this podcast he won't but and he's just like oh who's this fucking fat blonde kid talking about george romero constantly and taking shots at you know our academy or something i don't know i live in a sick world in my own head but uh you know because of because of that i lost my train of thought i got rambling so much uh because Night of the Living Dead did that, and George Romero created what he created, it's all like it. The he sowed the seeds of everything for American horror, like modern American horror. It, like Night of the Living Dead, they made that remake. That's where I was going. Sorry, I get rambling. My point <laughs> is, they remade Night of the Living Dead in 1990 because they they wanted to finally cash in on Night of the Living Dead, as we know. The, they mentioned it, uh, Corey from uh, Podcasting After Dark, you guys were talking about how Night of the Living Dead was public domain. Night of the Living Dead was public domain because it was originally uh, copywritten and everything was filed under Night of the Flesh Eaters. Right. Something else was called Night of the Flesh Eaters. They had to call an audible. They called it Night of the Living Dead and did not copyright the name. And that every... There is over... I, found, I have personally tracked down 72 different home video releases i haven't tracked them down like personally own them but i have confirmed that there's over 72 different video releases of like chris me and you could right now we could i could fly out to where you are be like chris we're gonna fucking put out a a, a blu-ray edition of night of the living dead we could do it think of how crazy that is Let's That's do it. Insane. That is crazy. And so that was to give John Russo uh, and George Romero and all those guys that and and and, and uh, Russ Striner, all the guys that were involved with making the original Night of the Living Dead, that was an opportunity to give, put out a Hollywood Columbia Pictures version, a remake of Night of the Living Dead, and give money to all those people that got sucked 
and lost and then made no money when the money when the movie was banging in the drive-in. The drive-in, that movie was huge in the drive-ins for 25 yeah. years. They're still yeah. playing the fucking still, thing. Still mm-hmm. I had a friend who went and saw it the other night. There, case in point. Sorry. Yeah. Just because so it's like public domain and... Yeah, it's still, like, that's why if you see Night of the Living Dead in any kind of film, it is, they didn't have to pay anybody. Yeah, they just throw it on there. So, yeah, that's insane. So, uh, I mean, the people that have a backbone and aren't jellyfish motherfuckers will pay George would pay George Romero. So Joe Dante, who did yeah. Gremlins and The Burbs, Joe Dante is amazing. He did a zombie movie called um, uh, Bearing the X. Anton Yelkin was in it, and oh yeah, uh, Alexander Daddario was in it. Great movie. He put Night of the Living Dead in there, and he cut Romero a check because he said, "I'm not using that, not cutting him a check." I wouldn't. Wow. I wouldn't have the career that I have without George Romero. I'm yeah, cutting Romero awesome. a check. Yeah. That's cool. But that's I. Awesome. Uh, I mean, it's. I could talk. I could literally start an entire podcast just talking about the influence of George Romero and Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead, my number two. I. I've always really liked Night of the Living Dead. I remember watching that as as a kid and thinking it was terrifying. Even even in the '90s, I'm like you know five or six years old. Yeah. I thought it was great. I. I've always really enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, it was really cool. Um, I'm sure they would have done it this year if everything didn't happen. But every year where I am a city right next to where I live, they do a play version of it and, uh, they do really cool special effects with it. They, they come out, the guy's got like the gun and the gun actually shoots like fake red paint on people and stuff. Like I remember getting some on me and I was like, what the heck? And, uh, like one of the finale parts in the play like they like take a a truck and they ram it into like a part of the building like this roll up roll up door like that goes into the building wow and uh but they follow they follow the the movie pretty much exactly you know they they they're able to like uh they somehow like they cut the lights they're able to like turn something so like you're down in the basement with like the mom and the dad and the kid and the kid's like sick and everything i didn't uh, i never even heard about this it was so yeah it's in a city called fullerton and um it's really cool and the theater is they put you um away from the walls and so the theater is like you're in the set you're in the scene you walk to get to your seat you walk through the set wow it's a very small it's very small that's really cool and it's away from the walls so it's like you're in the house and so there's windows and stuff on site so when anytime there's a zombie scene they have people coming through the the windows like on the sides of you on the actual part of the set um using like pretty much like word for word lines from the movie and stuff it was probably one of the fun like most fun like theater experiences i've ever had i absolutely loved it so it's super cool that's awesome well Uh, we've arrived number one yeah should we do number one and then honorable mentions after yep okay cool all right, just want to give you a uh, Raiders Bills update. So <laughs> it was uh, second and forty six. The Bills had on their own twenty five, and of course they convert. You know that, and it was third and five. Raiders are terrible. Anyways, it's fourteen six. <laughs> Bills have an eighty percent chance of winning this game. Congratulations, Jesse. Four and zero. Four and zero. Four and zero. Watching the game, I'm just watching it, um, like on the corner, like the ESPN little. Yeah. Thing. Anyways, all right. Number one. What's most important is we're on our number ones now. So, <laughs> so uh, recap: Billy Madison, then it was Lost Boys, then it was Wayne's World, and then it was uh, the Curveball La La Land. <laughs> so what? How can we top that list? 
Well, I'll tell you how I'll top that list. With my freaking favorite movie, Hook. Steven Spielberg. Oh, right. yeah. Right? So, I don't, under- I, I don't understand why people hate on this movie. I don't. I like, I get, I'll recognize when things are bad, right? And they're just nostalgic nostalgic right i will like wrestling yes okay there's certain things it's just like there's a nostalgic about it and like for the most part you know it's trash but i love it um there's a certain but when it comes to hook this is a good movie i don't understand how on some people's lists like what is it uh lost world jurassic park gets higher than are you kidding me oh it's (laughs) awful all right munich no Okay, these are not better. These are not better Steven Spielberg movies than Hook. Are you kidding me? The, the Last Crusade? No. Crystal Skull? Absolutely not. Why? Why do you think you liked it so much? Like because this movie is amazing. This movie has comedy. This movie has adventure. This movie has kids in it. This movie has a food fight. This movie has romance. This movie has. Uh, a mythos. This movie has method acting. This movie is a property. This movie has Robin Williams. This movie has annoying Julia Roberts. This movie is amazing. It also had Burger King toys. Exactly. Oh, it did. Yeah. I just I no, but like seriously, I don't understand. Like this when I was like when I was a kid, like the John Williams score is is fantastic. Oh, that is good. It's so magical. Yeah. Um, I've seen John Williams twice. He only played it once. So, um, but just Dustin Hoffman's portrayal of Captain Hook, like if you want to see for kids, if you want to introduce them, I don't know why you would, but if you wanted to introduce them and explain what like method acting is, he's totally just taking it on his own. Um, I forget that that's Dustin Hoffman. That's how good he is. It, Exactly. Oh yeah. And, and not only that, but freaking Bob Hoskins is in it as Smee. Yeah, like fucking Smee. Smee. Best yeah. fucking pirate name ever. What's your name? Oh, it's fucking Smee. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I just this movie. It's always been my favorite movie. It's not just recently. It's just like you know, we were. I was at a friend's house last weekend. I was helping them move. We were sitting down. We we're tired, and I'm like. What, what, what should we watch? I was like, I don't know what we should watch. We should watch Hook. And no one's like, no, no. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And it's like there's no hesitation, you know? So this, I think this movie is totally underappreciated. Um, I know with our age bracket, like, you know, millennials are born in the 80s and stuff. It's starting to come more uh, beloved. But the... The critique it gets, I think it's just I, I honestly don't like I'm I'm being genuine. I don't understand it. I I'm I'm a it. firm believer though that a lot of critiquing comes from people that haven't seen the film either lately or didn't really watch it. You know how many times I've heard people write a scathing review on a movie that I love and they're like, I turned it off after the first twenty five minutes. It's just like <laughs> Okay, well your your opinion's null and void, dickweed. Right. And I, and I think it's so creative because it's Peter Pan. The one thing Peter Pan doesn't do, he just did. And he he has to learn again what it means to be his, himself. But he also has to deal with like family of origin stuff and being an orphan and, and actually how um, he was never really had that intimacy with his family. And then how does that affect him and his kids? There's a lot of layers here. Screw you if you don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
love it. That's what I want. I want the passion. All right. My turn? Number one, yeah. Chris. All right. So I'll go back on my list. Number five was Little Monsters, followed by The Dark Knight, then The Matrix, and then Star Wars A New Hope. My number one is another Christopher Nolan film, but also has my boyfriend in it, Leonardo DiCaprio. I thought I was your boyfriend. Oh, you're my side boo. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I am absolutely obsessed with Inception. I love Inception. Um, I think the visual effects are amazing. The Hans Zimmer uh, soundtrack is amazing. Leonardo DiCaprio is the best actor of all time, in my opinion. Um, I just think the story is great. Who else has a uh, Helen Page, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy? I mean, it's a great cast. Um, this movie just blew my mind. Like the whole concept of hacking a dream and planting a seed inside that dream to make something come true. I mean, that's it's crazy. Um, I don't know. I just I I bought this movie like right when it came out, and I've seen it probably a good twenty times. It's, I just love this movie. It's one of those films that the rewatch value on it is so high because yeah. you can think of a million different ways to perceive it and to yes. write your own conclusion a million different ways. It's very Darko-esque. Donnie Darko is yeah. the same yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those films that Nolan is just on another level. And me personally, and, and my favorite Nolan film, it... I would say Dark Knight Rises. I love Dark Knight Rises, but I would probably go Interstellar. Uh, yes. Now I honestly think that DiCaprio should have played McConaughey's role because I mm. think he would have fucking killed that. Yeah. Because I'm with you. I think the two best actors, like, is working right now is Brad and Leo. Yes. Leonardo DiCaprio, man, he just always. So go watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. (laughs) I saw it; it was really good. I saw it. I just recently saw it. I love, I love that movie. But But yeah, I love it. Yeah, same. Just always, I mean, uh, Inception always blows my mind. I mean, it's one of those films. It's just, I feel like in another twenty years, people will. It's one of those films people are still going to be talking about because either they can't understand it, or you think you understand it, but then you think someone pitches something else to you and it fucks your entire like reality of what you think the film is up. And it's it's one of those films that like there's there's no end to it. It seems. Well, you can read all these theories online too. Like after I had to know, like was he still stuck in a dream or was he not? Because you know his little what is it the top that he spins yeah starts to to wobble a little wobble. bit, but then they yeah. go black. And then you read all these theories about, well, if you saw this scene and that scene and this person was there, that wasn't there. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't, my brain can't handle this, but it's insane. Chris, it's what a, would be your little token that you would bring into the dream? To make sure I was – to make sure everything was real? Yeah. Uh, Endgame? Man. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Blu-ray version of Endgame? the disc is spinning like a a Matt Kemp card or something Uh, it would probably be I'd bring like a portable DVD player and I'd play the scene in uh, Little Monsters and he said trick or treat small feet I know it's real (laughs) (laughs) love it love it that's that's my number one baby I love that I love it Chelsea number one right 
My number one does not fit in with any of my other films uh, at all. Kind of like La La Land. All my other movies are from the 80s and they're fantasy films or have horror elements in fantasy. Um, so this movie's a little different, um, but my number one is The Big Lebowski. Wow. I'm surprised. I love it. Oh, wow. That's your favorite uh, movie of all time? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I thought you were going to say uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was you know, that it. was one of them that was sort of like being interchanged because that is like, uh, that's, a, you know, top 10 probably that's on there. Wow. Uh, but yeah, uh, The Big Lebowski is number one. I remember I, I don't know how many years, it must have been maybe 10 years or so ago. I was watching on TV, they were doing a, like a list of like 100 greatest comedies, films or whatever. And I was watching it and they had a clip of the big lebowski i had never seen the movie i'd seen like the poster but i'd never seen the movie and they the people that were, were talking about it go oh man i love this movie and they were telling how much they liked it and they showed a couple clips they showed the clip where um they're dumping out the ashes of uh, steve buscemi's character and it starts blowing back in into their face and i'm thinking i gotta watch this movie what what is this and so i remember watching it and i was just like this is the funniest best thing i've ever seen i just i love the vibe of the movie it, i love the dude the dude is such a great character uh, jeff bridges plays him like jeff bridges is the dude i feel like like when he's not For working sure. he just probably is he's jeff Bowski, yeah. the dude um so i think that worked so well freaking john goodman as walter like oh my god one of the greatest I mean, characters just, of all time I mean, I love them. I just, I, I, I love this movie so much. I've always wanted to go to like, I don't think they do them anymore. But um, I, when I got more into the movie, I realized more things about it. Like it didn't do very well when it first came out. I love the Coen brothers in general. I like all their other movies. This is their best, in my opinion. Um, and so I realized you know, that it didn't do very well. It became a cult film. And uh, they started doing things called like Lebowski Fest at like bowling alleys. We have dress up. so we have a, a theater here, which hopefully doesn't shut down, but before this bullshit is fucking all over. But it's called the Palace Theater, and they do they did a Lebowski night several times where they served white Russians. You got yeah. got in at a discounted rate if you dressed up like a character from the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, like they did like a bunch of like random like food like related to the film. And uh, it's great. It's just such a, it's such a great film, and it's so quotable. There's so many different oh, like little oh, things that are, yeah. like oh the like as soon as soon as someone says where's the money around us, like we immediately go where's the fucking money, shithead. <laughs> like there's just oh so God. many. I could quote that movie. Yeah. There's oh, just so God. many, and like the Walter character is like, it's untouched. Like John Goodman, like. I mean, people are still talking. Think about it. that movie came out in 1998. People are still like revering that movie, like it came out. Yeah. Uh, all the, a lot of these movies that we're talking about, like Inception, came out 10 years ago. People are still like talking about that film. Chris, it's your favorite yeah. film? You know, a movie from 1998. The, these films, they they stick with you, and it's just it's. And, and I know sometimes I, I'll get on a rant and I'll talk mainly about genre film, but like when you think about those films. I feel like, in a way, they aren't, like, stereotypical films either. Like, Inception's a very different film from what mm -hmm. a lot of Hollywood films are, as is The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski is a very offbeat, weird, comedic film. 
And like, but there's such like a, a fandom for these films. Like people are writing fucking theories for Inception online. Right, like cool. people are still, there's White Lebowski, or White Lebowski, there's uh, Big Lebowski nights where they're serving white Russians and dressing up still to this day. There's people that are still as diehard as you are, Max, about Hook. And even <laughs> even though even though there's people that like are like, oh, that movie's trash or whatever like that. It's all about and it's 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 based on what your guys' podcast is all about. It's retro, nostalgia. It's that comfort food of film, toys, music, style, clothes, everything. It brings you back to that certain point. Even a movie that's just 10 years old like Inception, it brings you back to when you first saw it. And when you first see these films or you first get your this a toy or you you first, you know, you fucking buy pogs or whatever, like you just you remember it and it sticks with you. And and something that's interesting about all these films that we're talking about they are kind of genreized they aren't necessarily like even star wars star wars obviously being the biggest of like you know uh whatever you want to call it like a superhero weird science, science fiction it's the biggest si- yeah. there's conventions for it that's what i'm saying yeah. but like they aren't are they like actively giving out crazy awards like all the time for star wars movies no. No, you want to know why? Because it's not like it's too like it's still like sci-fi, like horror is still like a dirty word. Even though yeah. Star Wars, fucking Lucas prints money. The motherfucker just yeah. speaks and prints money. <laughs> uh but like, have they like did like a big like honorary thing where they literally just dedicate like forty-five minutes to like one of these award shows to George Lucas? It's true. Did they do it? Did they do it to Jim Henson when that motherfucker died? That motherfucker literally did so much. He oh my lo- gosh, yeah. And, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's because sometimes, like, people will think, oh, he's only just talking about horror films. No, I'm talking about anything that isn't. And I use Forrest Gump as, like, a, a good uh, attack point, even though I love Forrest Gump. Everyone loves Forrest Gump. It's a great film. Robert Zemeckis did an amazing job. Tom Hanks did an amazing job. It's a great movie. It's so fun. But people aren't going to Forrest Gump conventions. They aren't they aren't fucking like, oh my god, I got a fucking I have a Forrest Gump doll, I have a Forrest Gump poster. <laughs> like it's not happening. You wanna know why? Because in the end those movies are great and they're memorable. But you know what? At the bot the end of the day, those movies don't have the same fandom as movies that we're talking about now and horror movies that we're talking about now. Yeah, someone talked about Forrest Gump the way Chelsea and Tess talked about Elvira. <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> no, because Forrest Gump's great. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's cool to catch on TBS every six years. It's fucking, oh, Forrest Gump. It's fucking great. Hilarious. <laughs> like, you know, uh, he drinks a Dr. Pepper and then he has to piss. It's great. But at the, bo- at the end of the day, the movie doesn't fucking matter because right. the fandom isn't as rabid as something for like Elvira or Beetlejuice or Inception or Hook or Night of the Living Dead. It's not the same. And you'll never be able well, to convince me. I was going to say, Bubble Gump's not even your favorite restaurant, so they don't even play. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but with all yeah. that said, and with my rants out of the way. Okay. Uh, my right. number one. I mean, yeah. is this... It's Forrest Gump, your number one? Forrest Gump! <laughs> <laughs> and the award goes to not any fucking genre film ever, because they don't fucking matter, right? Because their fans don't buy fucking... Millions of 11 by 17 things and, and do a whole legacy week on them. Oh, wait. Yeah, they did. Lost Boys, my number one motherfucking film. Oh, 
Because it's the fucking greatest film ever. It hits every note for me. You know, we were talking about how, how Taco Bell's really taking advantage and, and kind of uh, making a mockery of my my palate. Uh, Lost Boys and Joel Schumacher did the opposite. They hit every note. Sexiness. Star. Check. Sexiness. Tim Capella. Check. Corey. The two Corys. Rela- relatability for a, an eight-year-old kid that's obsessed with the movie. Check. Horror with vampires and, uh, and Greg Canham's amazing special effects. Check. Check. Comedy. Check. Coolness factor. Keanu Reeves. Mullet. Spiky hair. Trench coat. Leather glove. Check. It's all like it hits everything. It hits everything. Yep. It's a family drama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, it's just the greatest film of all time. If you need me to fucking talk about it uh, for hours on end, you can listen to the three episodes I did on it, how I just pull the pants down of the film and fillet it. It's just that good. <laughs> it's just that good. It's it's fucking great. Definitely. Awesome. I, yeah, it, it is uh, made my list. So I think that's the only movie that... That was the only crossover. Overlapped. Yeah. So, um, but I wanted to save the thunder for you, for you Jesse. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was yeah. So, it's awesome. Honorable mentions. I'll, I'll All right. we'll uh, we'll snake it back. I'll do the honorable mentions first. Okay, cool. So, so my honorable mentions: Bram Stoker's Dracula, nineteen ninety two. Hell yeah! We have some Hell talking. Yeah. There's going to be some crossover points with that and Fright Night two when we cover that. Oh, cool! Okay. All right, all right. Uh, back to the Future two. Okay. Nice. Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven's classic. That was very hard to not have this on there because it changed cinema. It literally built New Line Studio, which then printed money and was able to have an existence beyond films like Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I mean, it created New Line Cinema because it was just a distribution company for uh, Bob Shea at that point. It It's... Freddy Krueger is the most recognizable and identifiable horror villain of all time. More than Michael Myers. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, another movie that I think changed cinema, period. I mean, I just... I mean, I could have loaded... I could have put Elm Street and this one on my top five, like, easily. But I can honestly say that I've seen all these movies so many times, so many times. But... I. I wanted to diversify my top five, and I truly believe that any of these films could land in my top five, save for the first two are, are lock solid. The other, These other couple could land in there. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toby Hooper's 1974 classic. It's just a, it changed cinema. Again, yeah. changed cinema uh, was, you know, the rights of it got tangled up with the mafia, and they'd made little to no money on that as well. Uh, uh, same, Very similar situation with Night of the Living Dead. 1989's Christmas, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Nice. I have oh it my gosh. Because it's the greatest holiday movie of all time. And uh, one other honorable mention is 1994's The Greatest Comedy in My Eyes Ever, Airheads. Nice. That's also good. <laughs> Adam Sandler. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Who's up? It's Chelsea. Chelsea. It's me. We're going. Oh, we're going the other way. Um. So the the movie. So I didn't want to do two Tim Burton movies, right? So I picked Beetlejuice. That was, you know, I had to. But the other uh, 
other i love all tim burton movies pretty much uh the later ones you know alice in wonderland pretty much ever since like um well he did big fish was good but ever since like planet of the apes it was like what are you doing um (laughs) i don't know what like where you went um so uh but one of them is uh is ed wood i don't know if you've ever seen that oh hell yeah with uh, Johnny Depp plays uh, the director, uh, Ed Wood. I love that movie because it shows, um, I don't know, it's like a good, like, you can do it story, <laughs> kind of, you know, like a underdog story, even though he never really got good or really famous. Right. He was famous for being bad, I guess. Um, but it shows, and you know. made like, a movie be, uh, about him, so. I mean, I, there you go. <laughs> That's famous for probably not what he wanted. But um, I absolutely love that movie. Um, another one that I could have put on the list was uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I uh, love that movie as well. I've seen, I've seen that probably like a million times. I've gone to the like midnight screening where they do like the shadow cast where they're on stage, you know, doing the the movie. Um, try, I'm looking at my movies over here and I'm like, what else would have got? Ghostbusters probably. Big, classic, big into Ghostbusters. Classic, yeah. I mean, how can you not? Um, there was another one I had, but I can't remember what it was. Um... <clears throat> <laughs> but yeah, those definitely those are um, uh, runner up. Probably Lost Boys. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorites too. I could have I could have put that easily on the list as well. Hell yeah! Yeah. What about you, Chris? All right. So I know I had two Christopher Nolan uh, movies in my top five. I also have two more in my honorable mentions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I told you I love Christopher Nolan. Interstellar. I put that up there with Inception. People are still, I still go on the uh, Interstellar uh, subreddit and people are still writing theories of what's going on. And I'm also obsessed with space. Like I love like outer space and I watch all these documentaries and Yo, and yo have you it. watched Away yet? Which one? Away, the show Away on Netflix? I haven't yet. I want to. It's I good. It's good. So I just watched the the Challenger ex- like explosion uh, docuseries. Oh, nice. Uh, but uh, it's crazy because all the concepts and all the theories in Interstellar, most of them are, are true, theoretically. Like, literally, the closer you get to a black hole, the slower time goes. So, like, if you, like, spend a minute there, that could be, like, 10 minutes here. Theoretically, that's all true. It just blows my mind that you actually – they put this in, in, a, in a movie and you get to see it. Uh, and then Memento, I saw that when I was in college in a uh, – what is it? I forgot. It was, like, a cinema – class where they shows all these different movies uh memento is like a early christopher nolan film for i think it's like 1999 i don't remember i think so yeah they, yeah it's just crazy how they put the movie together i don't know if you guys ever seen memento oh yeah yeah so yeah. it was just a different movie and it was amazing uh and then my other three are alien back to the future and gone girl oh wow gone girl, girl. Okay, gone yeah. Girl. Max has still never seen it, right? Oh my god. It's it's, so, it's, it's good. I've only I seen it seen twice. It. I've only seen it in theaters and then I saw it when I bought the Blu-ray, but I got to rewatch that one cuz I love I did love it. It's so really good. good. That's like I, I remembered it. one. Sorry, it was I wanted to add uh, The Shining. Oh, the that Shining. was one of them. The Shining. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right. I, I love that. Right. That was a great list. I hope right. you guys get saw I like Christopher Nolan. So. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. Uh all right. So, halftime report, 1713. <laughs> oh, wow. than I thought. So, the entire first half, all right? I, 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 that's almost like a tie. I will take that. So, yeah. <laughs> I will give you a gentleman's uh, shake, Jesse. Great first half. All right, so my honorable mentions. This is so much harder 
I'm just going to list movies um, that I really love. Uh, the first one, and this is no particular order, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Woo! The best, you know. Another, another, another one that's up there for probably one of the greatest remakes of all time. Yeah. 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 Um, atmosphere, special effects, uh, acting, just fantastic. Um, and Among Us is basically the thing that you get to play with your friends right now. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, Jurassic Park, again, it's just fantastic. Uh, Goonies, Goonies Never Say Die. Um, and then this kind of, those are like kind of like expected a little bit. Yeah. So here's here's specifically Max type things. All right? <laughs> that is and so similar. <laughs> Like Natural Libre. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, he loves that movie. That is like that is my <laughs> movie. I I love Natural Libre so much. I've never uh, seen it. it. It's like my spirit animal. Who said they never seen it? Me, you know that. Oh, oh man, still not terrible. All right. Um, I love Say Anything. So if there's any movie that my wife and I connect with, it's that movie. Like I am Lloyd Dobler, and um. Shoot, she is. Um, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Di- uh, Diane Court. Thank you. All right, Good, uh, thank you, Diane Court. Did she give so, you a pen when you first met? Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. I gave her my heart. She gave me a pen. So I love the soundtrack. I love just. It's such a good movie. It's it's great and kind of ambiguous ending, and um, it's fantastic. Uh, and to go along with my wife. So I watch the Lord of the Rings every single year. She loves Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's her favorite movie. So we awesome. end up watching the extended cuts every single year. So by osmosis. But I, I love those movies too. Like the Lord of the Rings, you're not going to find another movie that is just so detail-orientated. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. Some of the extra features... For Lord of the Rings, it's, it's almost as good as watching the film itself. Um, and then lastly, this is a movie that as I get older, it's just becoming more relatable and more fun. It's a wonderful life. Mm. So it's just a fantastic movie. It's it's real. Um, you know, I watch it during Christmas because it's a Christmas movie. It's around Christmas time, but it, it's, it's about... Uh, <laughs> I just I just relate to to Jimmy Stewart a lot in this in this film and just you know having to sacrifice your dreams um, for your family or for people you love or for your community. So it's not just about what I want to do. Hey, I want to yeah go on the Amazon and, and go on a freaking trip. Nah, but you're you're in community. You're connected with people, and how can you help them get out of situations or just being there for? So it's a wonderful life would round out my honorable mentions. Nice. I forgot, I forgot to add nice. one that I want that I want to add to that. I am obsessed with the Notebook. I love the. <laughs> He's not kidding. I love the Notebook. Such a great movie. I've only oh, I've only seen it once, but I I enjoyed it for what it was for sure. I've never I've never seen that. Oh, mine are like sci-fi, and then I throw that in. But I love. The notebook. I I feel I feel very torn right now that uh, Max, you throwing say anything in there? I feel really I feel like I've. Uh, done myself a disservice i've done john hughes a disservice by not saying that ferris bueller 100 percent could make it in my top yeah. five any day of wow. the year i can good of all the movies i could quote endlessly back from front to back i love ferris bueller. uh besides the ones that i've mentioned ferris bueller's day off is definitely up there um yeah. i love ferris bueller's day off that was like i can i can recite that movie in my sleep i love it so much 
I agree. It's awesome. Great movie. I love it. That was actually my honorable mentions, but then I put Back to the Future instead. <laughs> Can't go wrong with any of them. Yeah. So, with that said, I did want to. I we didn't. I didn't ask this initially, and I wanted to. How did you guys come together to decide that you're going to do Ready to Retro? Like how I know Chris and and Max, I know you guys are cousins, but how did the three of you come together and decide that you were going to do this? Yeah. Uh, funny story. So we were part of another podcast, uh, before and, uh, just knew that it was a, an ending time. So I'm just going to leave it at that. So, um, wait, the three, the three of you were a part of another podcast. Yes, Mm -hmm, we were. Yeah. Yeah. We we basically decided to kind of branch off, kind of do our own thing. Yeah. And, uh, Creative and differences. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. So I, and that's how I met Chelsea was, uh, we were part of a, this other podcast and then it was a little on hiatus with, uh, I mean the, the guy's still running it right now, but, um, yeah. So then, you know, we, I brought it back up with my cousin and, and Chelsea. So we just kind of clicked and then, you know, just, Things happen. I, I'm just, I, I don't want to get yeah. into yeah. the funny The funny thing is, like, for a while, like, when we were doing the other one, I hadn't, I had never met um, Chris in person before. Never I had met Skype. Max a couple times, but I had never met Chris. And, and it was sort of like, it was just me and Max, you know, for like a, a second. And then he added Chris. And I was like, well, I've never, I don't know this guy at all. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was going through like a hard time in my life, and Max actually wanted to join. So I was like, yeah, I'll keep my mind off of like what's going on with me and then it turned into something great yeah. it worked out really well well we, chelsea and i finally met at not scary farm we did that's right yeah. yeah that's right only just like a little bit ago really yeah. so like two years yeah. Ago. Yeah. yeah yeah so i mean that's that's how we started we were part of a podcast and we just knew that this was an opportunity to do something our own have its own name not have certain you know ties to certain things so just have full freedom and um you know that that's what we wanted so just Mm -hmm. creative freedom so we did ready to retro in may and here we are now and honestly dude like meeting you and a few other uh, friends has been one of the highlights of this pandemic you know what's what's interesting is i just saw you commenting a lot on um joey's uh yeah yeah Yeah. And then I was like, who is this guy? And I was like, looking, I was like, I don't know. Like, I was just like, you need to come on. You know, <laughs> like I was listening to some of your, I, th- I think I listened to the one that you just had with uh, Joey. Cause I think you did it. And then like the week after we had him on and I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, Oh, I, I, I think love Joey. Get along. So uh, yeah, man, it's been, it's been awesome. Uh, just getting to know you during this pandemic. Yeah. yeah so I, I think I I saw you guys. I think Joey might have even like posted that you guys were like covering Goonies. And it was like right around the same time I was covering Goonies. So like I don't know if you guys could tell. I, like I'm a little bit like I'll get like you guys played it very civil. Whatever was going on with the pod beef. Like I'd be like this motherfucker, this cocksucker. <laughs> like I'm a I'm just a, a very animated fucking freak. I love it, but. But at first I was like, who the fuck's covering Goonies the same time I'm covering Goonies? What the fuck's this shit? And I was just like, and I was just like, all right, I don't fucking check this out. See what the fuck they're saying about Goonies. It's like, oh, these guys are fun. I was like, okay, I'll go look at it. I'll listen to the fucking, the Team Wolf one. Oh, this is good. 
I was like, okay, these guys are fucking cool. The Teen Wolf one, me and Chelsea are pretty. Uh, oh my god! Lit. Yeah, I had a lot of drinking. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. But and then yeah, I get you got Max. You reached out and invited me to come on. You're like, well, what would you want to cover? And I was just like, I was like, what? You know, you said like, what like childhood movie did you love? And I was like, oh, fucking Three Ninjas. Yeah. And uh, and then we were off to the races and. Uh, and this is, uh, yeah, it's been, it 100% is kind of revitalized, because the Heart Guy Media podcast was was going to end. It was it was going to end. Like, it wasn't going to, I was going to do a legacy month, a legacy week for, like, three months. and it was gonna, that. And yeah. it was going to culminate in um, November with Nightmare on Elm Street, and I was going to do the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and then it was going to be the end of the Heart Guy Media podcast. So you guys kind of like meeting you guys and having like uh, just like having like Joey on was right on around that yeah. time and like talking with Joey and stuff and like just connecting with you guys and like talking uh, like hearing your guys' guests and stuff uh, kind of like revitalized, revitalized my love for wanting to do this podcast. And I was just like, oh shit, like there's like another podcast, like you're the first podcast where I felt like I have like a companion pod like i have a podcasting like outreach of like yo we're in the same like crew kind of cool. we're like in the yeah. same we're like bloods or crips but like yeah you know what i mean <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah because people don't like for some reason like i'm a very we're the, i'm the b-rated trash horror movie of the podcasting world <laughs> Which I'm completely fine with. Hey, hey, but we love trash. Exactly. I'm like, you're lucky. We love trash. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, like, we don't get a lot of love. Like, I don't like, I don't take it serious. I just want to talk shit with my friends. Like, we yeah, lit. It was all about. It was all about just talking horror movies to my friends because it got too tedious to just have a group text where we're all trying to talk about like they didn't fucking use that makeup in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. That wasn't fucking it. So we need to get all of us idiots uh, recorded. Uh, so that's how this started. But you guys have kind of like, revitalized okay. my love for wanting to do it. It was, you know, it's fun. It's fun to record with Max and Chris. And we were doing that so long on the other podcast. You know, it was just, we didn't really do guests or whatever. And it was fun. Yeah. But like when, when Max started kind of reaching out to people and, and we started getting guests and, and with, with it, you know, with ready to retro, we have like guests all the time. It really added like an, like another layer to it to like, it made it more fun, yeah. more like you're getting more, um, interaction with people about what you're doing. And it just made it so much more like honestly enjoyable and like fun. So I totally like, that's so cool that you felt like kind of that same way. Like you felt like it made it more fun. Yeah, for like sure. Like everyone's kind of hanging out and like becoming friends. Like that's cool. It's awesome because yeah. whenever we have guests here, you never know what to expect because some of these people we've it's, never ever spoken to. Right, right. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting into. And everyone we've met has been great, hilarious, Seriously, love yeah. them all. Max is like some people, he's like, I've never actually talked to this person on the phone before or Skype with them. He goes, so I don't know what to expect. And it's always great. <laughs> well, yeah, like, like right it, for a Skype call, he's yeah. like, all right, I don't yeah. know who the, I don't yeah. really know who like. I don't know, like, how this is going to go. And then it, like. Yeah, then it's amazing. <clears throat> and I've, like, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, maybe the pandemic helps because we're all like, please contact with somebody. Like, yeah. I want to relate. Like, yeah. uh, maybe that has something to do with it. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a blast getting to know you guys. Uh, and and you, once you once you like, we get like a little taste of each other's personalities, 
And then when you listen to someone's podcast every week, you feel more and more like, okay, I know this guy's style. Like, I know what Chris likes. Like, he hasn't really seen a lot of, like, horror movies. He's getting introduced to a lot. So I'm actually, like, people that are watching the, or listening to Ready to Retro are, like, getting Chris's firsthand experiences of, like, discovering horror movies. For me, that's, like, exciting. That's fun to me. Like, I love that. Or, like, having Chelsea having to watch, like, Three Ninjas and be like, oh, yeah, like, what the fuck was that? Like, and Billy Madison, baby. And Billy Madison. It's just, it's... That's coming. It's, we all kind of torture each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then Chris has his movie. Yeah. So. And tortures everyone. Elvira was interesting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Chris, Chris hasn't really got to pick yet. Like, we're, we've had a lot I of I, I wanted, we'll Yeah, I wanted to do Little Monsters, but it hasn't been the right time yet. Yeah. We'll yeah. do it one day. But I liked Little Monsters. You got to get yeah. something like. I, yeah, I liked Little Monsters too. So yeah, I, I like it. yeah. But no, I was just saying, Jesse. I think I think you hit it on the head. Like the the pandemic has helped, and you know we're in ways not to be dramatic, but deprived of connections and relationships, and there's sense of isolation. So I I don't see it as a coincidence that I mean we've connected with a few people. Um, throughout this pandemic but it's just been awesome and i think that's what it because you know for us it's we're not doing this to make money we're not doing this and i love how you said that i think a couple weeks i heard it or a couple last podcasts you're like i'll never have a patreon and like we're 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 not here to you know we we just it's fun we get to connect with people because the reality is like (laughs) we're just people with opinions and yeah you know, we're just going to make, make people listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but it's been, it's been awesome just getting to know you, bro. And, yeah, and the absolutely. fact that we could, you know, have our teams and, and not talk trash and stuff. Like, I know. It's been it's like, right? I'm not like, listen, I know how they're, I know what it's like to be a terrible team. So I'm not gonna shit talk another terrible team. Like You're if you were to a Raiders fan, if you were a Patriots, <laughs> if you were a Patriots fan, and we were up in the Patriots right now. I'd be like, "Yeah, how's it feel? How's it feel?" Oh. <laughs> but no, I can't. You can't. You can't kick like uh, you know someone. You can't knock someone out of their wheelchair. Just let them. Right. Str- let's let them stroll by and stay in the the, the wheelchair lane. Wheelchair because they're an amputee. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's reasons why they're in the wheelchair. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but this has been great and. Uh, I'm glad I got all three of you guys on, and this is, uh, it's been awesome. And to get, I hope people now that listen to this can get, like, you know, a better feel for you guys so then they can, when they jump into Ready to Retro, which is also host-cited by Anchor, available on Spotify and iTunes and Google Podcasts yep. and your mother's fucking Podbean or whatever it's called, <laughs> uh, everywhere, uh, I implore everyone to check out Ready to Retro. You guys are on Instagram at Ready Number Two Retro. Correct. Uh, and they post uh, every Friday, unless Max gets so tuckered out that he doesn't post the episode till Saturday. And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there because I was like wanting to hear Fright Night first, that episode I'm first. Because I, I was just like, yeah, Max. Max I was text us like, oh, I fell asleep, so I did it I was gonna text Max. I was gonna text you and be like, yo, where the fuck's this episode? What are you doing? <laughs> I had somebody else like, hey. Uh, well, they texted me on Thursday. I'm like, hey, it doesn't come out till Friday. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, where is it? I'm like, oh, I'm still editing. Yeah. I blame Chelsea's car and I blame uh, 
Chris's mic. So did my yeah, headphones pick up my? Did the mic pick up my headphones again? No, you're good. You're good. It's 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 all Chelsea. Oh, when I was eating Taco Bell, <laughs> I take it. I had Postmates come. I ordered Imagine Postmates. Imagine trying to Usually sleep in this room. I don't want to. I ordered Mexican pizza in the middle of post in the middle of the episode. That was good. It was like it really, you know, made that episode really just pop out. <laughs> Well, that has been uh, Ready to Retro's top five films. As always, we are unedited, unfiltered, uh, rambles, rants, uh, everything in between. A lot of ums and shit like that, because I don't care. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's it for this episode. And I'm getting ready to do Fright Night Part 2, part of Ready to Retro's very 80s Vampire October month. And uh, I'm mother effing stoked, and it's going to be mother effing sick to fucking do Fright Night Part Mother effing 2. And uh, you can check their episodes every Friday and ours whenever the fuck I want to post them. And, uh, yeah. Saturdays when Max falls asleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Screw you guys. It'll be on on Friday. <laughs> the Fright Night Part 2 will be available on the 9th, yeah. you know. Perfect. And uh, thanks again, guys, for doing this. Thank you. Thank you.